It's about to go down with Mark and Kathy, a live coaching show about dropping ideas. Mark and Kathy coach and have conversations with brilliant idea creators who are reimagining the world through the expression of their words, thoughts, and actions. Hey, everybody, it's about to go down. I'm Mark Williams. And I'm Kathy Armias, and we have Kerry Human with us today. He's a mental health advocate, and I am really excited to have a conversation with him because Kerry gave a, a phenomenal TED Talk on how the greatest gift that you can give your family is being the healthiest version of yourself. And he like crushed this talk. It was so good. And so I, I'm really excited to have this conversation with Kerry today of like, where, where did that idea end and how do we like, where are we going with this idea? So Carrie, welcome. Kathy, Mark, thank you so much for having me. It truly is an honor a privilege just to be in your space. I know we've been trying to coordinate this for a while, so thank you. And, um, you know, just to your question, you know, since the talk, um, I mean, first off, it was a life-changing experience just to speak on that stage and to share an idea. Um, as you both know, so much time and energy goes into putting the talk together and, um, yeah, it was, it was a life-changing experience, but without giving the talk away, you know, I spoke a lot about um, just family dynamics, how those can be complicated. And I also sort of tied in technology and how, you know, some of these different genealogy tests have made it really easy for people to find long lost uh, family members and relatives, uh, which was part of my story. Um, but since that time, you know, I've had an opportunity to connect with my biological father, who I did just discover during that time. And, um, during that window, him and I had a chance to essentially work on a book that was geared towards some of the success he had in the music industry, but also just really shining a light on mental health and just the importance of um, people being able to talk about that uh, and not feel like they're, you know, cuckoo or, or losing their mind. Um, I could go into more, but I'll just stop there just to see if there is a direction you two wanted to go in. Yeah, yeah, Carrie, thank you. Thank you for that quick update. Um, I, you know, for anybody who hasn't seen the talk, first of all, go watch it. It's really good. And, and just to be able to follow you, Carrie, on your journey. Um, but you are a, a huge advocate in the mental health space. You are really living and breathing the, the mental health advocate or advocacy, if you will. What do you think is the most important thing that, that, society needs to know? Like, what's the big idea? What, what do we really need to don't know in this space? Well, it's interesting. You know, there's a lot of stats around mental health and, you know, just kind of the impact that it has. Um, a, a lot of what I look at is focused on the U.S., but I would imagine you could just add this to anywhere in, in the world. Um, but, you know, 50% of all lifetime mental illness actually begins at 14 and 75% of it by age 24. So if you really think about your life and what you've gone through, I think a lot of us can look back and say, oh, I could see how something traumatic that happened to me when I was under 14 may have kind of played a part in how I show up in the world and how maybe I just haven't dealt with something that creeps up every once in a while in a relationship, in a job, or, you know, fill in the blank. And I think something that's, you know, really important to recognize is that, you know, this stuff doesn't go away. You know, it's not like a stain on your shirt where, you know, you can throw some Clorox on it, throw it in the wash, comes out, and it's not there anymore. I mean, this is something that you really have to, you got to put a light on it um, and, and address it in the best way you can. And I think, you know, for me, 
personally, you know, growing up, I didn't have access to therapy and, you know, people around me who I could speak to openly about my emotions. So I got really good at just hiding, you know, what I was feeling and what I was experiencing. And as I got a little bit older, started to self-medicate and, you know, for what it's worth, um, it served its purpose. You know, it, it, it allowed me to numb myself and not think about those things. But I found as I've gotten older and put myself in different situations and have formed, you know, new relationships, um, being able to speak about that has just really become a big part of um, me and just really what I'm wanting to advocate for. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. Carrie, I, I, first of all, thank you for the work that you're doing, for the talk that you've given. And I'm very fascinated, especially as an educator, young, working with young children. And when you talked about how this, I mean, when you said 14 years old, it made me wonder, first of all, I think many educators have shown TED Talks in their classrooms, right? But mm-hmm. a lot of audiences for TED for TED Talks, I think, and Kathy, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're probably mostly adults, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I wonder about the opportunity you might have to now address this particular audience. Because again, you're right, like it's not a stain you can wipe off. And I don't know if you can ever prevent it, but I do wonder if you were to take your talk to the next level and talk to an audience of 14 year olds about I don't know if it's about what you can do to avoid it, what you can do to address it. What would you, how would you reshape the talk for an audience of 14 year olds who are about to enter this phase? Mm. You know, I really appreciate that question, Mark. And it's something that I actually think about a lot. You know, I look at myself now and I say, you know, if I was 13, 14, 15 years old and someone twice my age came in and started talking, like what would what would cause me to be interested? What would allow me to focus and just really be present with that person? And again, you know, I think something that's happening or has been happening is as adults, you know, we go into a situation talking to people and it's like, we're the expert, we have all the answers. So it ends up being a lecture. And I think the shift really is in how do you create a dialogue? How do we start to ask young people questions to get them thinking and speaking about the things that they're experiencing Um, in a safe space. And I'm hesitant to call it a safe space because you never really know what's going to come out of it. I'd rather refer to it as like a courageous space or a brave space because it takes Mm. that kind of vulnerability, I think, to speak about the things that might happen outside of the classroom, behind closed doors, in your neighborhood, in your community. So I think for me, you know, Mark, to answer your question, um, I feel like the first thing for me would really be um, putting together questions that allow young people to just start thinking about how, how am I taking care of myself? First off, you know, what are some things that I have experienced in my life that, you know, maybe I have tucked away or haven't told anyone about? Um, I mean, these are some of the things that come up. And I think also too, I think for me, the shift probably happened in my early twenties, but it didn't really settle. It's still settling. And I don't want to come in here and say, I figure this stuff out, but I think as you're growing up, I think a lot of us feel like like if we think it, it's ours and we own it. Oh, I thought that I need to react on it. And I think it's trying to communicate that you don't have to control your thoughts. You just have to stop letting them control you. I feel like my message really is in trying to convey that you're going to have thoughts your entire life. Some of them may support you. Some of them may not. But the key is for you to recognize sooner than later that you actually do have a choice to 
sort of go in this direction or that direction. So I think for me, just trying to raise this idea would be more on that self-care, um, that self-inventory and people just really getting into the habit of asking themselves better questions to shine light on things that could be holding them back. I love the clarity in that, Carrie, because, uh, you know, as, as you were talking, I was thinking about like my brain was starting to rack with all of the hurdles that I think could be put. I, I mean, even Mark making a little bit of a division in the audiences, right. Of like, of like the youth when the damage is being done. And then I think a lot of times, Carrie, you're talking to a lot of adults who are on the other side of it and saying, you know, and, and I think even Mark asking that question was a really cool thing because you could even, you could see kind of a little bit of where we, we get some of this doubt, self-talk, you know, and then, and then how we deal with it. So there's almost like a, some kind of imaginary wall there. But then I was started, I started thinking about all of the things that might come up, Carrie. And, and I think in order for an idea to be really good, you know, it, it needs to go pretty deep. And, and I think you're already like, you're already going really like the clarity in what you're saying is kind of going through all of these obstacles. So I love that right out of the gate, uh, being able to ask, I love the courageous space, you know, ask them to speak in a courageous space. It's so, it's so smart, right? I didn't even think about how cliche safe space is, but let me ask you this question. Uh, I feel like, I feel like this is one of these topics that's like really, of course, complicated. And so, it's just, it's just like really complicated and there's no easy fix, right? Um, asking the right questions is a good start. What are some of the things you feel like would be some of the obstacles or things that you feel like your idea needs to like pierce through in order to, to really, you know, make some ground? Yeah. You know, I feel like the first thing that really comes to my heart when you ask that is, it, it really starts with me. You know, I think on some level, you know, it's, there's a part of me that's still in my own way um, when it comes to first off, just sharing my story and being vulnerable. I feel like, you know, when you go into a space, um, essentially you have an opportunity to, um, you know, sort of match someone and be present with them, or you can just sort of not be aware of where you are and you're just not going to build trust. So I think for me, it's really building trust with my audience, whether it's young people or older people. And I feel like the only way I can do that is to be, as real and as authentic as I possibly can. Like if I'm not bringing that, someone's going to feel it. And then the whole crowd's going to feel it and it's just not going to resonate. So I think the biggest thing for me first off is how much of it, there was a show you all did. I won't say the person's name, but it was recently. And it was about um, like being comfortable with your story, no matter how messy it is, like that's your story, like bring that to whatever you, you are because that's what makes you unique. And I think for me, it's really just leaning into that component of, who I am, I think. And I think by doing that, we empower other people to do the same. So I think that's kind of the first part of it. Hmm. Yeah, that was a good nod to JT. He was the one that talked about (laughs) (laughs) that was a really good episode. I really resonated with a lot of what he was saying and what you two were coaching on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm curious, how do you and it's, it's an interesting conversation, right? Because you're in a space where you said, listen, I haven't really figured this all out yet, right? But I have a, at least a heads up for people who might be X number of steps behind. What, what have you done 
to get yourself to this current space that many other people are not doing. Hmm. You know, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's... um... You know, it's interesting, you know, we live in a world now where, you know, people essentially put a lot of their highlights on social media. So just from the looks of it, it looks like I'm like, wow, there's I'm, I'm behind, I'm behind the game, you know, but when you go a couple of layers deeper, you start to realize that, you know, Instagram is a highlight reel. It's not really showing what's could potentially be happening on the back end. And I think for me, Mark, it's I realize that, you know, success or making progress like it's, it's not, it's not sexy. Like it's not a highlight reel. You know what I mean? Like the real progress isn't the highlight reel. The real progress is what you don't see. And I think for me, as I started, you know, looking into, you know, myself and just my own mental health and just some of the people that I might look up to, I realized that, you know, the, the, the process is something that you really have to allow yourself to get used to like being getting comfortable, being uncomfortable. And, you know, for example, um, I've been in and out of martial arts, but I'm like really committing myself to it right now. And, you know, the journey from white belt to black belt is like an entire experience in itself, you know? And I think for me, it's, I'm learning how to appreciate these white belt moments without fantasizing about being a black belt. And when I say that, it's really starting to understand the fundamentals. And when I talk about the fundamentals of mental health and just being the best version of myself, I mean, that's, you know, meditating daily, journaling daily, you know, being mindful of what I'm putting in my body. Um, You know, the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, some people have heard them, but, you know, be impeccable with your word, you know, really just try to say things that are true, that are real. Like if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And if I'm not going to do it, don't say I'm going to do it. Um, Don't make assumptions. You know, we live in a world where people have so many different perspectives. We all have different things on certain topics. So it's like, just because someone looks at me a certain way or says something or writes something, I don't know what that means unless I ask. So I think for me, it's being being okay with asking for more clarity, like just not assuming because something looks a certain way. Um, I think something else too is just not taking anything personal. Again, you have no idea what the next person is going through, what they're experiencing. So for me, again, I haven't mastered this stuff, but these are things that I look at just kind of as foundational. And then the last thing is just, I mean, always do your best. You know, for me, it's at the end of the day, you know, even with the TED talk, it's like, you know, I, I watch it and I'm like, oh, I was going to do this or I was going to do that. But at the end of the day, it's like, did I do my best? Did I show up? Did I rehearse? Did I work with my coaches? Did I, did I accept the criticism? Did I go back? Did I rehearse it? Like, did I do everything I could possibly do? And if I can answer yes to that, I mean, <laughs> what, else, what else are you going to do? You know, so I think for me, just setting this foundation and having my own values, my own core values that I hold myself accountable to is something that I'm not saying other people aren't doing, but it's just something for myself where as I've gotten older, I've become a little bit more disciplined in how, how, if I want the things in my life to manifest, I've got to build a solid foundation. And the way to do that is to show up every day and do the things that you say you're going to do the best to your ability. Cause some days, you know, some days you might, you might not be able to, you, you know? You're right. Nice. Yeah. Um, Carrie, I just, See, this is one of the things I love about you as a human being, like the way you show up for people and how much, you know, I was saying it before, but how much care and uh, you can feel like how much you care about other people and about, about experiences beyond yourself. I, you know, and when I, and if I, and if I try to be like that nerdy, like, you know, if I try to be that nerdy speech coach, I'll go like, okay, what's, 
what's the idea that somebody can take, right? I'll like, I'll get into that space. And, and, and it made me think about, you know, the, the Maya Angelou quote, you know, when we know better, we do better kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And you said that really well with the, with the white belt moments. I kind of thought that was a really cool thing Mm -hmm. because I did feel like we were, we were almost trying to pin you on some kind of weird timeline, but (laughs) there's no timeline, right? There's no, there's no beginning. There's no end. There's just, I mean, people show up in different places at different moments. There's different things that happen to people. I think your idea is valid for every single human being on the planet, right? Like just taking, it's almost like, it's almost like being a million percent present right now, right? Mm -hmm. Being in the moment, showing up, um, being okay with, not being okay. Like you say, you know, um, so, but I really want to, you know, I think, I think Mark and I, I could feel Mark and I kind of, there, there's a piece of us struggling to like really understand what you're doing, but really trying to like, how do we wrap this? How do we wrap this up again, going back to being like a geeky speech coach. And it, sometimes it feels really weird and disingenuous to me and maybe to us, Mark, I don't know of like, you're taking this huge idea, right. And you're trying to like wrap it up into some beautiful little, you know, gift wrapped uh, gift. And sometimes that, that, you know, the idea is bigger than that, or, you know, the complexities are, are so much more, but we have to still do it anyway. Right. We have to. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and that's right, Mark. And so, so you kind of, you can see where I'm going with this with Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, there, yeah, Carrie talked about other people maybe being further on the journey or appearing to be further on the journey than mm-hmm. he is or whatever. It doesn't even matter. Or a million people could be behind or it doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, like what is the what is the thing that Carrie can deliver to the world and make them see in a way that nobody else can? And that's kind of what I want to get at. Yeah, I mean, I think hearing you say that, Kathy, I think the first thing that really comes to mind for me, uh, really just trying to distill what, what the the vision is it's really just creating a space for people to have these conversations about mental health like normalizing conversations about mental health um you know something that i've just been playing with on social media is something i've been calling mental health moments and essentially the whole point of it was to just create this brave space to speak openly about some of the triumphs and challenges of our own personal mental health, my mental health specifically, but bringing other people into the conversation. And, you know, what I've, what I've really experienced from this is um, first off, there's a need for it because, you know, at the end, there's usually people DMing me or messaging me and, you know, sharing their stories. But, you know, again, it's like, I was talking about this highlight reel that we see a lot of times on social media. And again, there's a time and a place where you want to see the highlights, but Mm -hmm. I think we're, we're living more in a time where the process is more valuable, I think, than the final product. And, you know, for me, just trying to talk about, you know, like, like getting people to just start to ask themselves, like, what, what brings you joy? Or, you know, what kind of habits do you have in your life right now that are serving you? Or what are some events from your past that have shaped you? I think that really starts to build a foundation for people to start to see that, oh, wow, these things that I've gone through in my life that I've essentially buried down inside of me or keep to myself, like maybe, maybe I need to address this stuff. Maybe I need to see that there is a message in this mess, you know? And I think ultimately that's what I really want to move forward is whatever you've experienced in your life has allowed you to become who you are today. And if you're not happy with who you are today, um, it doesn't mean that you're stuck here, but what lessons can you learn 
from looking at this that will allow you to, you know, continue to push forward and ultimately not hide from the things that might bring you discomfort. Like it's okay to talk about the times where you didn't do well or show your process, the time where you were trying to dance and you fell down. Like, I feel like that's, that's the stuff right there. You know, Kobe Bryant, you know, he, he talked a lot about, you know, people talk a lot about how good Kobe Bryant is, but what they don't realize is that Kobe Bryant worked extremely hard. I mean, there's a picture um, it's like of a, like an X-ray hand. Um, and it shows all the rings on his hand, but then it shows the x-ray of like all these fractures in his fingers, mm. you know? And it's like, you have no idea that this dude's playing with broken fingers, you know? And I just feel like at the end of the day, you know, when I think about mental health or, or physical health, emotional health, spiritual health, it's recognizing that there's this sort of yin and yang. And I feel like a lot of people just want to focus on the bright side without looking at the darkness and somehow just trying to find that integration that allows them to be a whole authentic person. So again, I don't think that really clarifies the thought, but I think what I'm just trying to narrow in on is how do we shine light on both sides of our, of our humanness? Mm. Mm. First of all, I haven't even seen this Kobe picture. So now I've got <laughs> I know I, I, I like wrote it down. I was like, look, that's right a up. really cool photo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to check it out. And, and, and what you reminded me of Carrie is, you know, it's very interesting with, you know, you talk about highlight reel and celebrities and well-known people. It's always very interesting to me that we celebrate people and when they get to a certain height, then we sort of glorify you know, the, 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 the struggle they went through. We don't like to necessarily hear about the struggle while it's going on, but after you've made it, now we want to hear about the struggle. And what I'm hearing from you is this idea about talking about the struggle in the moment, right? And that it's okay to do that. And I keep hearing the word question. I keep hearing the word conversation. I keep hearing the words moments, right? Like mental health moments. I'm curious, and, and I guess I'm going back to those 14-year-old kids. Again, maybe it's the educator in me or the parent in me. One, I wonder, what are some of these questions that we should be asking, right? Um, I wonder, does it have to be a conversation with someone else? Or actually, let me even say this a step further. Maybe it does have to be a conversation, because I'm wondering, how do you help young people, old people, middle-aged people? to actually have the conversation because that's probably tougher for most people than anything. I mean, that's why you called it a courageous conversation, right? That's why these are courageous questions. That's why these are courageous moments because they take a lot of courage. So, and it's one thing to tell people to have the courage to do it. What are we not getting? What are, what are young people not getting? that is preventing them from starting these conversations that would be helpful for them. Mm. I really love how you frame that question. And, um, you know, this is a stat that it, it really hurts my heart to, to share it, but I'll share it and then I'll just speak more to the question. But um, from NAMI, uh, the National Alliance uh, on Mental Illness, they put out a stat saying that suicide is the second leading cause of death among people aged 10 to 34. Second leading cause of death. 10 and 24. So when I see a stat like that, you know, again, you know, you look at social media, you know, you look at sort of this glamorizing of these highlights and, 
everyone's doing all these things. And I feel like when you have someone who's in their early adolescence trying to figure this world out, they've got a phone, they've, you know, they're seeing the TikToks, they're seeing all this stuff. At some point, if you don't have an adult around you or a community around you that talks about this stuff, there's no, I, I can see how you could start to internalize that and ask yourself, what is the point of me living? Like, why am I even here? I'm not even close to that other 14 year old, you know, who's doing this and doing that. And at that age, I mean, our brains haven't even completely developed. I mean, you don't have the ability to really just sort of brush stuff off. Like you internalize it. It's, it's your whole world, you know? So I think again, Mark, you know, going back to this sounds a little cheesy, but I think it goes back to modeling. And again, the greatest gift you can offer your community, your family is the healthiest version of yourself is the best version of yourself. What I mean by that is, you know, when, when you have the, um, the Kardashians or the LeBron Jameses or the, you know, the Kobe Bryant's or the little Wayne's talking about the, the challenges of their mental health, their setbacks, their darkest moments, the times where they just didn't think they were going to make it. And we, we start to glamorize more of that. I think it starts to make this process more human. It's not a, Oh, I'm a failure because I'm not here in life. It's more of a, Oh, this is the highlight reel, the tip, but the process, everything else is really the core of this. And there's nothing wrong with me. This is just part of the process that's going to allow me to be stronger. So I think going back to your point, it's, again, being willing as individuals to be vulnerable and to show that, hey, yes, I've done some great stuff in my life. But do you know how I got there? You know what I mean? And again, I'm not saying you need to come out and just air your laundry out and you have no idea what it was like in my day. And I walked a thousand miles. I'm not saying that at all, you know, because you don't know. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> nobody wants to hear that. You know what I mean? But I think when you're having a conversation about something or you're addressing something that a young person or even an older person may be having a challenge with, I think there's a way to try to level set the playing field and just really make it clear that what you're experiencing right now really is whether you see it or not probably the best thing that is happening for you right now like how can we how can we celebrate those darker moments instead of you know putting an f on someone's paper or putting them in detention or you know whatever you know fill in the blank you know it's like we penalize back to your point mark it's like we glorify someone when they've made it to the other side you know but until that point it's like get out of here you're this you're that and i just think there needs to be a shift there but it's not going to be a global shift it's an individual shift it's like it's something we have to do individually so again i think us shining the light on ourselves and just being more authentic and truthful with our stories ultimately helps to create the space for um, younger people and others in general to just feel like they have more of a realistic set of expectations as they're, you know, trying to reach their dreams or fulfill their potential. Very well said. <laughs> Super well said. I, what if like, I feel like he's already practicing the second Ted talk right now or here. <laughs> what if Carrie the, what if like, I'm just going to tease this out for a second. What if the what if the idea was really just that we need to have more courageous talk and we need to allow more courageous talk? Like, mm. are we facilitating it? Cause then, then you have like the, you have kind of two ways, right? I mean, if you're the one that you feel like you need to have more courageous conversations, we've had talks on our show um, with other people before about getting, you know, deeper level than hi, how's it going? And, you know, just going deeper in mm. relationships and having better conversations. But 
I feel like this is so much more, there's so much more importance here, like how you're doing, like, like shining that light on. And like you said, Carrie, maybe not in this weird way, but it's like, it's like real talk, but real talk with the, the real talk with the label of like, how do you, how do you facilitate courageous talk? How do you like, how do you let people know when you're not doing that great? How do you allow people to tell you when they're not doing that great? How do you just be in this moment and know that the next moment could be amazing. And the one after that could be terrible. It's, it's not even like this either, you know? Mm. So I don't know. What do you all think about that? What's cause I'm trying to Mark, you know, me and Carrie, you know, me too. Like I'm trying to put some kind of like formula, not to the whole thing. Cause you can't fix the whole problem, but I'm trying to, I want to, I want you to be able to carry to give your audience a formula that they could practice immediately. Like when I think about like, I, my dream was always to do the splits and like, I just was never disciplined enough to do the things that you're supposed to do, but there's a, there's an easy formula. Right. And it's just called, it's pretty much just called do it every day. But I mean, there's def- definitely different, there's definitely a certain kind of, <laughs> there's definitely kind of certain kind of stretch you can do to, to make your, uh, your, your body a little bit more flexible. But I think it's the same with our, with ourselves and our relationships. Like what's that stretch? Like what, what's that thing that, that you could tell your audience to practice Carrie, so that it can, you know, normalize the conversations. It can allow people to be a little bit more in that courageous level. It can allow for empathetic, you know, empathy. And when other people are sharing, I don't know, that's, those are my thoughts. Yeah. Um, you know, as you were saying that Kathy, um, I think the first thing that's come up for me is, uh, I'll leave with a quote, but there's a quote um, by Buddha, and it's something along the lines of like, you yourself, as much as anybody in the entire universe, deserve your love and affection. And the reason I say that is I feel like, although sometimes it feels like the world is burning down, I feel like for the most part, like humans are good. Like we mean well, we want to take care of each other, we want to love each other, we want to care for each other, we want to scratch each other's backs, we want to you know, make things easier for each other. And I think, you know, as I think about that quote and what you said, I feel like we already know how to do it. It's just, we're doing it for other people, um, but we're not doing it for ourselves. So it's that self-love component of, wow, do I deserve to treat myself in the same way that I would treat my best friend or treat my pet or treat fill in the blank? And I think, again, that shift around, I'm being selfish or I'm being this or mm. I'm being that and looking at it more of a, I'm filling my cup so that I can go out into the world and be present for the people that mean the most to me. Um, I think that's something that's really important for me to try to communicate. Um, because again, I think there's a fine line between um, self-love and selfish love, you know, and mm-hmm. when I'm saying self-love, like I'm really just speaking to the purest form of like, you know, again, going back to these agreements, like being impeccable with your word. Like if you say you're going to exercise, exercise, you know, if you say, you know, you're going to call your mom once a week, call your mom once a week. You know, if you say you're going to work on a screenplay, work on the screenplay, you know, because after a while, if you don't do that, that self-integrity starts to erode and like that can start to show up in so many different areas of your life. I'm not sure if you two have ever experienced it, but I definitely have gone through this cycle of just like not honoring my word. Then you get to a point where like, you don't believe yourself, you don't trust yourself, you don't love yourself. And that just spirals out into something that ends up being really unhealthy. And I just feel like at the end of the day, it's allowing people to get comfortable with loving themselves first 
and then going out into the world and, you know, creating those spaces for others to potentially meet them halfway or just start to take on that same practice. You know, mm-hmm. Carrie, my mind exploded when you asked the question, I believe you said it this way. Well, maybe you didn't say it this way, but this is how, how I translate in my brain. What are we doing for others that we are not doing for ourselves, mm-hmm. right? I even think about mentors, coaches, guidance counselors, social workers, psychologists, therapists, mm-hmm. who are all parents, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who will tell our children or tell our students or tell other people, you know, you got to stick in there and it's, it's okay and it'll be all right. And we'll say all of those things for other people. And we will wholeheartedly take care of those people by saying those things. Mm. And yet we don't say those things to ourselves, right? Mm. Or if we try to say them, we don't necessarily believe them. For some reason, there's this block that won't make us believe it. And when Kathy talked about doing the splits every day, right? You just got to practice it every day. Mm-hmm. It made me wonder uh, in terms of your idea, what, and, and I'm always saying, if Kathy's always a concept guy, concept girl, concept guy, well, when, when, I'm all mixed up today, right? <laughs> yeah, girl, whatever. Person, right? What is something that we could do every day to help with our own, and I love this term you use, your own individual shift. Because I think that could be very helpful in terms of everybody listening to, give me something I could do every day to get from white belt moment to black belt moment. Love that metaphor, by the way. Mm. Yeah, I really love the way you and Kathy frame questions. Uh, It gets my brain bubbling in ways that I don't necessarily get it bubbling when it's just myself. So I really appreciate the space. Um, You know, I think, again, kind of going back to sort of the theme, you know, there isn't a one size fits all. um, So I don't think it's just one thing, Mark, but I I will say this. um, There's something to be said about kind of these small rewards, you know, I think again, you know, to go from white belt to black belt is very extreme. Like no one goes from white belt to black belt. However, if you're a white belt and then you get a stripe because you mastered a move, you're a one stripe white belt. And there's four different stripes that you get as a white belt. So I think kind of playing with this martial arts analogy, I feel like, again, you know, there's something about the reward system for human beings where when we get a gold star or when we feel like we're having a little bit of success, it starts to create momentum. So I think for people, it's, it depends on the person, you know, but if it's, you know, Hey, I'm going to drink. And and again, this sounds so simple, but there's something about the simplicity that starts to change the dialogue in someone's mind where it's like, Oh, I can show up for myself. Oh, I was showing up for myself in this way. So I can do something bigger. So if it's, I'm going to drink, one glass of water every day for the next week. Let's just say something that simple. And someone does that. I think the next week they can be like, you know what? That I'm going to take it up to two, you know, and then it goes higher, you know, or if it's, you know, I'm going to meditate for one minute every day, or I'm going to be mindful of my breath for three deep breaths every day for four days or whatever. But I think if we can start to just find these little moments in our own lives that bring us joy because it's different for everybody. But I think if we can start to get those small wins 
it starts to build up our own self-esteem, which in turn, I think allows us to just start tackling some of those bigger things, which I think ultimately play a huge part in just how we view ourselves and the chances we take and the love that we can actually give to the people around us. And I think really when you look at someone who's quote unquote successful, that's just someone who kept showing up for themselves over and over and over and over and over. And obviously they have community and all these other things, but when you look at someone who's got healthy self-esteem and they're humble and they're curious and all these other things, like they didn't get that way by not showing up for themselves. You know, at some point you've got to, again, flip the script and start showing up for yourself like you do for others. And I think we just have to start small. Mm. I love that, Carrie. I'm going to have that moment, Mark. I'm going to push back on you a little bit, Carrie, because, because of this. I, I think everything you said is true. And I think the question that Mark asked you is valid in, in that, like, like, for instance, you're, you're a white belt, right? Like, not you, but like, let's say you come into, you know, you come into martial arts, you're a white belt, and you know that whatever move you give the white belt uh, person that they're practicing, you know, to get to the, the first of four stripes, you're not going to give that same move to the black belt. But yet there are some universal things that every single belt needs to always keep mastered, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's several people in my family that are in various levels of, of belts right now in, in martial arts. And, and, I, and I know that there's some common principles in there. And I think what Mark was really trying to push at, and I think it is really valuable, Carrie, is to be able to be the person that's sharing an idea that, that people could is repeatable. So now we're just talking about the idea alone, right? Not the actual idea, but how an idea travels and how it gets bigger and how it gets spread is when it's repeatable. And right now it would be really hard to repeat it. Like if somebody were to hear you give a Ted talk and he's like, well, this guy was awesome. Like you should hear him. But then he just said, do something good for yourself every day. Ah, there, 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 we have to find, I feel like we have to find some more specificity breeds credibility. One, a really famous speaker said that. I think it's mm-hmm. Patricia Fripp, and and I and I believe that. I believe that there's some there's some piece in there that we have to be a little bit more specific, if that makes sense. Yeah, we no, I be, I think you have to give people something. I feel I feel like I'm really giving a TED talk because I remember when I was doing my talk, I'd be like, okay, guys, I got it, and then they'd be like, Carrie, think about this some more. You know, come on, give us some more. Um, and as you were asking that, I'm like, okay, I hear you. And another quote came to mind. I don't remember who said it, but the quote was, what you appreciate appreciates. And that right there really Mm -hmm. makes me think about gratitude and how gratitude, I think, truly is the best kept secret when it really comes to creating your best life or showing up as the best version of yourself. And I think, again, it sounds so simple, but there's something magical when we can just appreciate the things in our lives that are happening, but also appreciating the things in our life that haven't happened. You know, some people might use prayer. I prefer to say gratitude, but I think, you know, in terms of just having something that someone can walk away with, remember what you appreciate appreciates. And when you can, what, what you put gratitude on, what you're thankful for multiplies over time. And I just, Mm -hmm. I can't say, I just can't say enough how much gratitude has just blessed my life and continues to bless my life because I walk around in this spirit of gratitude, regardless um, it's a game changer. It truly is. Ooh, see now to me, that was so much more like that, that got in a little bit that hit me a little bit more. Right. Cause it's something a little, yeah. there, there's a little bit more, uh, specifics in there. And, and I think that's, I, I think that's what we were kind of pushing for a little bit was like, you know, you have to, 
It is. It's really big. And there's probably a million things you could do, but you have to create the principle that you create, Carrie. It has to be your thing. You know, if you were going to give a TED talk on it tomorrow, Mark and I would definitely be pushing you on your, what's your, what's a line that you can come up with that's yours and not somebody else's or like, how do you, how do you give it the Carrie human stamp? Like what's, what would be the stamp that I would walk away with? And Carrie always says this, I got to practice this somehow. I got to repeat this somehow. This is and, uh, and I think, I think we're getting a little bit, I think we're getting a little bit closer to it. We are. I, you know, as you, as you talked about gratitude and I thought about how we hear a lot about gratitude journals and things like that. Right. And I think about how we have become accustomed to being grateful for the good things. Right. I'm grateful mm-hmm. for my friend, my sister, my, 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 my sister, Kathy. Right. I am grateful to have this enlightening conversation with Carrie today. But what would it mean to be grateful for the fact that um, I didn't take somebody's call today? Like, why not be grateful for those moments when we didn't show up that well? Right, because that's what we don't do. Mm. We kind of brush mm. those things under the carpet, and then we probably wonder why it's so hard for us to share those things. Because mm. gratitude is never for, and I don't want to call it the low lights, right? Because I don't think the low lights is the opposite of highlights. Mm. Mm-hmm. But whatever that word is, we don't glorify it. That we're never grateful for those moments, mm. right? And I wonder the 14-year-old, the 20-year-old, the 48-year-old, right? What would it mean if every day you picked a moment and, and, and were grateful for that? I remember I, I spoke to someone uh, probably about two or three years ago. It's probably before the pandemic. And she had mentioned that every night at dinner, her parents would have all of the, everybody in the family share something that went wrong that day. Hmm. They didn't share something that went right. They shared something that went wrong. And it was like the person who had the biggest mistake in the room was like, almost like the winner of the game. It was like, ah, you messed up the, the you made the biggest mistake. Yes. You know, so I wonder, because that's what you inspired me to think about today. How does that idea sit with you? Go ahead, Kathy. No, I was, the only thing I wanted to say to that uh, before Carrie answers it is in that exercise, I feel like it was the winner was the person who was willing to be the most vulnerable about it. Right. Because you were willing to talk about the thing that you would the bigger one would probably be the one that you would never want to talk about. So it's, it's, it's flipping it and it's making you the most, most okay with being vulnerable. Yeah. I I love that. And again, I mean, I think that's where it goes back to, you know, families and communities. It's how do we create these spaces where we're not just talking about what went well today, but like, what was the most challenging thing? Like, what was the thing that just knocked you off your feet today? Like, that's what we want to hear. And let's, let's celebrate an interesting word, but let's, I almost want to say like, let's, let's demagnetize it. Like let's, let's mm-hmm. take all this power that it might have 
and let's demagnetize it by talking about it, you know? And I think that starts to, that starts to create safe spaces where you can make mistakes and talk to people and not be made fun of or called weak or, um, you know, given, you know, medication. And I think, I think, I think the gratitude in that, in that, in that perspective is around, but again, it's like, you have to have the insight to see it, but it's like, when you do have these setbacks, when you do have these moments, I think the gratitude is in, wow. You know, for example, you know, using, we're really running with this martial arts um, uh, framework, but it's like, (laughs) you know, as a white belt, you know, coming into a dojo, you know, you're, you're training with blue belts and brown belts and purple belts and maybe a black belt. And like, they're whooping you. Like there's, you're not, it's just not going to happen for you, you know? And it's like, you could beat yourself up about, you know, a move that you didn't get or not getting out of a move. But I think the gratitude comes in, wow, I'm so grateful that I had an opportunity to see in this space where I might have an opportunity to grow. But I think in order to have that kind of reflection, um, I think you have to, you have to build that within yourself and you have to build that in community because I know that there are people who do have these down moments and they're just like, I just have the worst luck. I am clumsy. I can't do anything. Right. So it's to, to go to someone like that and be like, Hey, all you have to do is just change how you're thinking. They don't want to hear that. You know what I mean? So it's, I think it's, I think it's a sensitive topic. And I think that is kind of going back to the biggest challenge I have. It's like, when you're talking about gratitude and appreciating what you appreciate appreciates, it's like, it can come off as hokey. It can come off as magical thinking. It can come off as a, you don't know where I live. Like, you don't know what my neighborhood's like. Like I've got nothing to be grateful for. Um, That is a, that is a reality. So I think it becomes even more calculated and more important for community and for that self-talk for someone to be able to work through stuff like that. Because again, time and time again, you know, you look at someone like, I, I know I keep using like celebrities, but you look at someone like Jay-Z or Snoop Dogg who grew up on the streets and they being shot at and people are trying to kill them. And now they're at this point in their life where they have so much gratitude for that life because it gave them the strength and the awareness and the common sense to move in this world. And again, that may or may not be the best example, but I think sometimes too, you know, it's like we have to believe in someone else's belief in ourselves be- if our belief in ourselves isn't big enough. And I think that's kind of where our communities come in, especially with these young people. It's like it's hard for them, I think, to see for themselves the things that you might be able to see as an adult. But it's like if we don't catch them when they're younger, if we don't create the space when they're younger, when they're older, nothing changes. You know, it's that stain that never really got a chance to get washed a little bit, you know, instead it, it gets dirtier, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Carrie, you know, I noticed that, you know, on your, on your mental health moments, you know, a lot of the things that you've been talking about, like your, you know, how to bounce back after a, a setback, how do you manage your self-talk, what habits are serving you today? What events in your past, you know, shaped you, you have a lot. I, I do feel like you're in that space a lot with people and, and, you, that really does feel like a genuine, authentic thing that I think you could ask somebody to do. Um, and, and I think it allows for, for people to take it to whatever level they want to, right. Is why don't you look at the things, why don't you look at the things both good and bad, but you can ask specifically, I think you could pick one of those questions, even like what, 
you know, what, what feels like a setback today, but could be a launch for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like and there's so many examples of that, I think. And so I don't think you're, I don't think what you just said was a bad example. I think there's lots of examples of, of everybody that started here, ended here, or, you know, started here, got here, started here, got here, started here, got here. But I think that, I think you ask these questions all the time anyways, na- naturally. So can we use that as a central point for your idea? And not that that's the end, the end all be all for your idea, but can we have that? Is there a question in there that you can have people ask themselves every day so that they're taking a real courageous look at everything, both past, present, future? Yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the questions that I've just in some of the, the little bit of coaching that I do on the side and even for myself and even in my relationship, you know, we have a check-in every week and, it's three questions. Again, you know, there's a part of me that's like, you know, oh, this isn't new. But I realized that, you know, nothing's really new. I mean, a lot of this stuff is foundational. It's just how do we shine light on it and put our own spin? So like what I'm about to say isn't like some profound thing that needs to get published or anything. But I think these three questions, um, you know, what's going well? It could be what's going well today or what's going well for you in general. Um, where What's challenging you or where do you feel challenged? And what kind of support do you need? Or where do you feel like you can use support? And I just feel like that framework right there, regardless of who you are or where you are, I think most people can answer those questions. I think sometimes the support question can be tough for people who aren't used to maybe asking for help or being vulnerable in that way. But I think just getting someone to acknowledge what's going well, and even if they can acknowledge that something's going well, it's acknowledging that they can acknowledge that something's going well. Um, Again, I mean, there's so many things to be grateful for. You know, we live in a very privileged country, you know, like there's Mm. things that we complain about. I mean, the other day I had to catch myself, but I'm like, there's too much food in the refrigerator. It's like, Carrie, come on, bro. Like, you know, I was trying to put something in there and I'm like, oh, there's too much food in here. And it's like, I I just had to shut myself up. It's like, come on, bro. Like, really? You know, but I, I guess what I'm getting at is like, I think those questions in particular really do help someone to really just focus in on sort of the, the yin and yang, and then look at what steps need to be taken for me to sort of work through this and grow from this. Hmm. You know, um, first of all, I love those three questions and I love the idea of the weekly check-in um, and, 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 it reminds me of how much, and Kathy, I don't know how much you've caught it, how much self-questioning has come up during this conversation, mm-hmm. right? Conversations don't really, really take off until you start asking the right questions, right? And I don't profess that you have the same exact questions or that the same exact question is going to work for everybody. But I do wonder... You know, is it these three questions? Are there sets of questions? Are there types of questions that we should be asking ourselves daily, weekly, periodically um, that would really help? Um, But I thought those three, like I'm already going to ask myself those three questions as soon as I jump off this call because that was really, really helpful. Um, Wow. Wow. So I don't know if it's a set of questions or types of questions to be asked. Um, But questions really keep coming up to start conversations and to really get people courageous enough to start the conversations they need. Um, I think one of the issues with mental health, and you are an an, an expert on the dialogue around mental health much more than I am. Um, But we talk so much about self-talk 
and we talk a lot about the individual shift, but it sounds to me that so much of what you're talking about is, is, is having a dialogue. It's not just a self dialogue, but it's really having a dialogue with other people because that's really what it means to be courageous. I can have all the self-talk I want, but it's really courageous when I can speak to somebody, especially somebody who I think could support me. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's well, that's all I got to say about that right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to very, no, go ahead, Carrie. Go ahead. You sure? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I just want to piggyback on what Mark said. And, um, I think mm-hmm. to the questions, um, I definitely feel like there's an opportunity to look at the different areas of life, you know, relationships and personal health and finances and spirituality. I think there are questions specific to those areas, or you could ask those three questions to those areas of your life just to get a more uh, centralized perspective. Um, But I think also too, um, the last thing you just said, I'm kind of spacing. I just spaced, Mark, what was the last thing you said? Oh man, I think I just spaced too. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, no! I get, it. I got it. You were talking about the uh, the self talk versus the dialogue. Yeah, that's it. Good yeah that part right there. And it's like again, u- utilizing this um, martial arts analogy. It's like again, like drilling martial art moves by yourself or with like a grappling dummy or whatever, a punching bag. It's helpful. It's good. It helps you, you know, shooting free throws. Like it's good. However, up until you get into the, the ring or the court or whatever the, the arena is, like you're, you're not really playing the game. Like you're, you're working on yourself and you're playing it on some level, but I feel like it really becomes um, like an interaction when you're actually doing that with another person. So I think we have to work on ourselves. We have to shoot those free throws. We have to work on our moves to prepare us for the world. I mean, unless you're a monk in the Himalayas somewhere, like you have to interact with people, you have to interface with people. So I think the self-talk prepares us for those events where people are going to be coming at us and maybe challenging us or, you know, it just depends. It can come from any angle. Mm, I love that. Wow. And then that made me have a moment where I was like, what was I going to say? I just want to be able to join you all with the holy, like I'm... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's so much thought put in this we're all like oh. no no i what i was actually going to say though i i love that carrie i as an athlete i totally understand what you're saying nothing replicates game but game right you mm-hmm. practice 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 but game game is the only thing that replicates game and so i think that i, I think that you're right and 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 you know i think the questions are a really good you know, thing to do. I think those questions are so good. I think they're pretty universal and you could use them in every little area that you were talking about. They're pretty universal. I could see this as a conversation starter with people. I could absolutely hop on a call with you or Mark and be like, Hey, Carrie, what's going well, Mark, what's challenging you today? Where could you get support? Like how, what support would be helpful for you? I feel like those are pretty universal question. So, and, and I think the simplicity is what makes it wide, meaning like that will cover pretty much everybody as opposed to just a narrow subset of people. You don't want to, you don't want to be, you know, gearing your idea towards just a small subset of people. You want, you want it to be um, easily accessible, if you will. I, you know, here's where I think we could have this conversation forever, right? Because there's so many facets to talk about. Carrie, you're so um, 
you are so well-versed in this. You, you definitely put your heart and soul into this. And so you spend a lot of times crafting great conversations uh, with other folks and like, you know, having these open conversations and dialogues on your social media. Um, I think the, the, I think that where we could kind of like maybe leave this conversation is to challenge you to give people like a mini plan like is what's step one? And even if that's step one, like, and how could you make a step one or step two that, that everybody could do? Um, but finding that thing that like maybe this, the set of questions that are universal, I just think that you have to be able to give, you give, you open the door for somebody. And then when they get in, they see everything else, but they have to be willing to walk through that door first, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. As soon as they walk through the door, then there's so much more there, but it's like, I think with ideas, we're just trying to get people through the door. Carrie, I would say to piggyback off of that. And I keep going back to that 14 year old kid. And it's my humble belief that many of us are always on a mission to save the younger version of ourselves. Mm. Right. And so the 14 year old version of you walks in and says, what can I do tomorrow? Right. And you don't have to answer that question right now, because that might be a big question to ask. Um, But I think your answer to that question leads you down the path that Kathy just set. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the thing that, that, that can be done. Um, So, I always say, yes, we're speaking for many audiences and the best ideas are universal ideas that anybody can use. Um, but start with the 14 year old version of you who you're trying to save. Um, and you will come up with an idea that I believe all of us can use. Mm. Um, again, whether it's those questions, whether it, <laughs> whether it's just, how do I get from one stripe? I'm gonna continue with the metaphor. How do I get? to the second stripe of the first stripe of the white belt. The first belt. <laughs> <laughs> and Carrie, don't get, let's not get it wrong either, Mark. Carrie, you, sometimes I feel like, like, I feel like we talk to people and, and they're so genius. It's almost like you have this jar, right? And you have all these things, right? There's all of these great ideas in this jar. And it's like, you, if you just picked out any one of these and said, nope, this is what I'm going to have. This is what I'm going to ask people to do with my idea. Any of them would, would really work really well. Um, it doesn't mean that there's no value in any of the other ones. It just means like, wh- where do you put your, you know, where do you put your line in the sand? When you gave that first Ted talk and you said, you know, um, how can we show up as the healthiest version of our, the greatest gift that we can give to our family is like showing up as the healthiest version of ourselves. So how do, how do we do that? And you actually explained that that was part of your Ted talk. You know, there could have been like 7,000 more things you could have said in there, but you know, you stuck to a certain um, kind of formula, if you will, or you kind of talked your way through it. I feel like that's your next version too of this. You're doing a lot of practicing, get, get it, get a movement of people to join you in the same space that you are, have them get on that white belt. (laughs) Let's get on the white belt moments and let's go. Right. Like even if you're a black belt, so you'll, even if you're a black belt, come join me, come sit in, in a white belt class with me and you'll be great. Like, 
because, you know, I think another thing too, that you could maybe offer Carrie, because you're talking, you've talked about this already. If you were a black belt, probably you have so much empathy for the person that's in the white belt spot, right? The best thing that you can do as a black belt is go back and teach all of the things that you, that you've learned to get on this long, tedious journey to have somebody get to where you're at. So that's another, I feel like that's another piece of your community that you're creating. Mm. So many nuggets you both are offering. Um, it's interesting because I've just been sitting with this stuff, you know, the past few days and, you know, talking it out a little bit, but just these pointed questions have just been really helpful for me to just sort of reframe and just look at like, what is the next iteration of this? Um, how can I continue to, you know, be an advocate for this space and for mental health and the questions again, I mean, it's like the questions we ask ourselves really will determine, you know, how we show up and, you two have definitely planted some questions in my head that I feel will give me, that have already given me uh, some clarity to just, you know, make this stronger than it was before we started. And I'm just really grateful for that. All right. See, Kathy, you see what Carrie just did. First of all, awesome, awesome, awesome. Second of all, I was going to ask you, how has the ID evolved? But you already beat me to the punch. <laughs> <laughs> he slid in there before you could ask him and he's like mm, I'm <laughs> love it. that was really smooth Carrie I, that was. I love it <laughs> so Carrie then tell us this since you've already kind of told us how it's evolved and, and what you're thinking about in terms of the next step um, if anybody wants to learn more about you um, and, and learn from you, how might they be able to get in touch with you or learn more about some of these mental health moments? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And again, thank you both for having me on. This is truly an honor. Um, Carrie Human, um, you can just type that in. I'll pop up. There's, there's literally no other Carrie Human on the planet. <laughs> Um, of course, <laughs> maybe, one maybe one and only, which is pretty cool. Um, one and only. You can also go to um, kuman.com. Um, I don't think I need to spell it out. It'll probably be in the notes, but yeah, just type in my name. You'll definitely find me. And uh, if you ever want to dive into conversations about mental health or put together some kind of Zoom call or when things open up again in person, just always down for conversations about this stuff. Mm. I love that. Please, please. Take Carrie up on the uh, on this invitation. Take people who are near you and in your community and in your family to dive into these conversations. Today, a lot of things got dropped, especially an amazing idea. And I can't wait to see the evolution of this idea even further. I think we have beat the martial arts theme into the ground. We have made it submit <laughs> today. I feel like I have a blue belt after this call, you know? Gone over level. <laughs> <laughs> to anybody out there who wants to take their idea to that next level, get in touch with us. Go to It's About to Go Down show. And if you want to share an idea with us, or as Kathy and I have been saying lately, if you know someone who has a great idea and you think they would be an amazing guest and person for us to talk to, Go on to our website. It's about to go down show and submit their names. Send us an email, markandkathy at gmail.com. And we would love to have a conversation with amazing people like you, amazing people you know, and amazing people like Carrie Human. Carrie, thank you so much. 
for being yeah, here thank with you, today and sharing your idea and taking our mental health to the next level. Mm. To everybody who's been watching and to everybody who's going to keep watching, keep watching because as always, it's about to go down. <laughs>